Episode 11 of the Grandstand Podcast. You're with me, Kavinka and Shavin and Abhishek. Today, we are going to speak about tennis. The first time we are going to be speaking about this sport. Uh, considering that all three of us know about it uh, fairly well, this is the first time we are speaking about it and it's uh, 11 episodes in. So to speak about that and wheelchair tennis in Sri Lanka, a growing uh, branch of the sport, we have... Gayanga Virasekar, and I just want to give a small introduction to Gayanga. He's won two ITF tournaments in 2008 and 2009, a Davis Cup play in 2009, uh, and has had an ITF world ranking of 390. Uh, he's been a coach for a while as well. Uh, he's been the Fed Cup captain slash coach from 2019 to present. He's been an LTA level two qualification a coach to numerous national players, coaching experience in UK as well. So he's, he stayed in the UK and uh, he'll be uh, giving his UK insight to it as well. At present, he is a consultant high-performance coach to the Sri Lanka wheelchair tennis team for Paralympics and World Cup. Welcome to the show, Gang. How are you doing? Thank you for having me, Kavinka. Uh, very excited. I've been following your uh banterful shows i would say uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I don't know how much i'm gonna contribute to that but uh, yeah very very nice to be here all right super let's get right into the episode uh so this is going to be two parts first part is going to be about wheelchair tennis especially in sri lanka and the next part of the show is going to be about the global tennis scene so let's start off with wheelchair tennis ganga no, I think we need to, to mention us. we need to mention one thing. Uh, we have yeah. a high profile guest with us on the show, but we also have a high profile uh, another high profile tennis player with us as well. Guys, the legendary <laughs> tennis captain of St. Peter's College. We need to mention that. You can't wait to mention that. I don't know, this so once the has big three leaves, there'll be a big one in tennis. <laughs> 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 I just need to reach national level, right? For me to even get to that level first. Kavinka, um, can you meet your father now? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Oh, he, the, the, issue is he, the issue is he asked for, for the boss to play. We played straight to him. So, I mean, otherwise I get a scolding. So, you know. And uh, but, said that he, he won't con- contribute to the banter. How long <laughs> yeah, we're like, we're like because his, in. his father is there every day at the SLDA practicing. So, that's yeah. right. that was so good. That was so good. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's get straight into this episode. Uh, so, Ganga, explain to us wheelchair tennis in general terms and what is Sri Lanka's setup towards that this branch of tennis? So, uh, I think uh, it, it, when you talk about wheelchair tennis it's, and also in general about sport, we, they want to make it all accessible to any walk of life. You know, it, it should. why should it limit to people who have got able bodies and all that, you know, sport is such a beautiful thing where, you know, anybody with any condition or any nationality or, you know, any, in any situation, they should be able to enjoy one and also if possible to participate and, you know, and in general health, uh, you know, health of 
lives you know where where if you can see where the world is heading to at the moment you know yeah. how how important to be fit and healthy so why does sport have to be limited to only able bodied uh, persons so i think that could have been the initial motivation for any any uh, any sport any this uh, paralympic sport to start with so if you take the paralympics it's the i think the second biggest uh, sporting event in the world after the olympics yeah so that is all made up of uh, disabled athletes so when it yeah. comes to the table tennis uh, sorry the the wheelchair tennis world it's uh, uh, the only rule apart from the able bodied tennis is that you get two bouncers so you yes. play on a of course it's not a usual wheelchair you will find in a hospital as such because it's a little bit more athletic uh, based wheelchair uh, with with the wheels a little bit wider you know yes. rather than the, yeah. uh, the 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 basic wheelchair where it's more flatter kind of thing so yeah. uh, you know that helps the balance of the athlete and so basically uh, you get two bouncers so other than the two bouncers the sport in my opinion is pretty much like able bodied tennis yeah so in uh, in if you take the sri lankan setup actually it was started as a uh, social uh, project for the disabled athletes uh, okay. disabled soldiers so okay. in uh, i think it was started in 2002 when okay. uh, there was a drive by the itf you know to introduce and popularize the sport yeah. so uh, i think the sport started around the 1980s if i'm not mistaken 1976 uh, actually 76 years okay yeah. so uh, around that time and then uh, i think the itf also wanted to grow the sport and you know yeah. i think there was a consultant coach who was sent to you know asia to really see what so quite naturally when they when they the slta looked for uh, disabled persons they looked at the army because you know there was a growing number of disabled soldiers who were just stuck in army camps and it was yeah. just that that list was just growing and growing and growing so it just became a means of you know how can we engage uh, these disabled soldiers in some form of activity and uh, that's how actually the uh, how wheelchair tennis in sri lanka started and a lot of the soldiers and you know i'm sure you know there was a big uh, there's there were a lot of landmines in those areas so more, majority of the yeah, players have stepped sure. on a landmine and you know uh, lost uh, have had their one leg amputated so uh, it was a for wheelchair tennis uh, it was a it's rather than being paralyzed from uh you know ways below it was i i think it was a better s- scenario to play wheelchair when it's only one leg amputated mm. so uh so there we we, we had a constant flow of the disabled athletes uh, because of the the, the war and the uh, army and uh, that's how it started all right yeah absolutely i think uh, for as long as i've been playing i've seen the umpires who are also wheelchair yes. tennis players I didn't know that they were were ex soldiers, and it's such a uh, it gives them an avenue, you know, post war uh, uh, sports. Like like you said, I think you said it earlier that sports is a wonderful way of uh, of uh, deviating from our daily struggles, and uh, and that 
this this wheelchair tennis is also a good you know branch to tennis as well uh so i think abhishek has a question uh, based on this abhishek why don't you take it yeah i think uh, and it's it's important what uh, gang said and also what kanka touched on the fact that it has become accessible and uh, more importantly the fact that it's a means of empowerment uh for differently abled individuals i mean the fact just because uh, because of your condition you shouldn't be deprived from sport and um, this sport has grown like you mentioned in uh, the paralympics it's one of the most popular events in the uh, paralympics as well as the grand slams as well so i mean the fact that it's been played every single year not for grand slams so in this scenario where it has uh, where it has become so accessible and the fact that it has become so popular how do you as a coach encourage uh, individuals to take up the sport so uh, of course we have to be very uh, till today you know very thankful for the support that the sri lanka army has extended Right. so uh, all these players i don't think they could have uh, so if i just give a brief about our achievements uh, in wheelchair tennis and i think a special mention goes to uh, coach jagat velikala who has right. uh, been in the who was the who is the wheelchair tennis coach from the inception i think in 2002 so he has dedicated his life i would say to these uh, wheelchair tennis players and uh, they are i think we've been going to the paralympics since uh, 2004 so even this year i think that was one of my main motivations to come on this podcast today to really uh, you know uh, educate uh, the public on yeah. that we have a, a paralympian or we have a sport that continuously in the world stage in sports so our current highest ranked player is number 61 in the world that is suresh uh, dharmasena right. so mm-hmm. with very limited resources and also i would say he is only on paper 61 but he has been beating top 20 players very continuously wow. so you know if he if he had the funding and uh, mm-hmm. the opportunities to actually compete in european tournaments and all possibly he is a top 20 player right so in the world so that is a big achievement so coming back to your question the support that uh uh support that the sri lanka army has extended has been a very you know great help to the sport so for anybody who wants to uh, take up the sport it's a matter of just visiting slta and you know talking about the program because i'm aware there is a i think on a on a weekend there is a, a children's program also which they have started you know it's of course it's early stages and all of that but i think we need the support more than anything else it's i if if you think tennis in general is expensive sport wheelchair tennis is even more expensive yeah. okay. uh the the highest uh, there is a player called uh, hude he's a french uh, top 10 player his wheelchair is a personalized uh, you know crafted uh, wheelchair which i think goes into 100000s of us dollars so whereas whereas the three we we don't even have we can't even think of getting those wheelchairs so the three uh, professional wheelchairs we have at the moment the scott has is only about 3000 each so right. still that, you know so this that is also expensive yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. something you know which the average joe can you know go and uh, pick out sure. and say okay i can start so the if definitely the slta has a little bit of equipment and you know things to start off with but i urge anyone who wants to help out 
the sport we really need that support to even go to greater heights you know so if if uh, dalmasena with his limited resources is beating top 20 players you know i think if if we have the proper facilities and the chairs and the equipments to the strings to all that i, I think sky is the limit you know and just to clarify this for example now so you spoke about the player who is playing uh, in the top 60 so uh i mean because i don't really know about the sport uh, so he has to purchase his own wheelchair to play pro is it or is is it provided And by the, the national i mean look in a in a uh, in a ideal or in a normal scenario yes you will have to do the uh, you will have to do that but since he's uh, he's attached to the army they have been we have been very that's why he was right. uh, thanking the army a lot because currently they are fully funded by the army and we have also a, a large sponsor in terms of CICT uh, who has you know who comes every year uh, with a, i think it's close to it's it's a it's a it's a dollar rated uh, sponsorship i'm not sure exactly how much but even the little we are doing is because of the army and the and the slta and the and that major sponsor we have but uh, mm. if let's say dalmasena was not in the army and he wanted to take this up definitely you know he will have to foot his own bill or you know find another sponsor for this so you know that mm. so it's a similar case for any any individual sport you know that's that's one of the disadvantage yeah. of playing a individual sport whereas cricket you know if you play cricket or you know where your team gets covered they are fair and nothing like that here you know yeah. uh why don't you talk to us a bit about uh, dharmasena because uh, is uh, is he the player that's in the top 60 the, the 60 yeah so actually yeah. Uh, uh if i just call it a bit more history wise uh, he yeah. uh, there was a player called upari rajakarna actually he has yes. played three uh, if you remember upari rajakarna he had uh, he played three paralympics yeah, and he well was known. i right. think now yeah he's well known he was number 42 in the world at one point mm. so uh, Uh, then of course once he retired from the army uh, he you know he went on his army pension and he's uh, kind of retired from the sport now i think he's in his 40s now so okay. then uh, uh, dharmasena is a player who was groomed uh, during that time as well and uh, uh, actually dharmasena is the has held the highest ranking as a sri lankan of 38 if i'm not mistaken so at one point okay. he was ranked 38 so uh, again you know with very limited traveling of you know i think he just they just went to like malaysia and you know places very close by to uh, our country yeah. but you know if if he can play uh, say 10 to 15 weeks of pure tournaments at at the different that's why i said you know he's definitely top 20 caliber <laughs> just a little bit of his uh, history and and also this of course goes to Uh, all the army uh, players in in general these are players who never even heard of the word tennis before their injury which makes this right. challenge an even greater success you know because uh, they are competing with players who were either former tennis players who met with a accident and you know got injured or players who were uh, disabled by birth and took up the sport as a very young mm. at a very young age mm. Mm. so whereas yeah. uh, 
the the army soldiers uh, were i mean they really they i won't i, I if they had saw a tennis match i would be very surprised <laughs> right yeah. so even today when i was at the you know like i i today i was talking to a, a guy and he didn't know who andre agassi was i was like andre agassi then he said sir mama tennis belue 2010 indala right so you know it, it's if, if not for their injury they wouldn't have even known what tennis is you know so it, it, when you think about that sense so i think they were all eight so to join the army that would be 18 so they would have all jo- uh, started the sport definitely What? 18 plus 18 plus so which 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 makes their achievements even greater you know so yeah. obviously i think the army training and that will power and all that helps definitely you know i'm play. sure yeah. all comes into i mean you know going to uh, war must be much easier uh, much harder <laughs> task than yeah, <laughs> playing <sure>. wheelchair <laughs> you know <laughs> the, the grand grandest scheme of things Yeah. right but then as it as with tennis you know it's it's not only you know going straight into battle it's about the mental side of the game it's tactics yeah. so you know which which uh, i think uh, they need, do need help in you know that's where a little bit of the spe- more specialized coaching might be required for these guys and uh, so forth yeah so yeah so in that's i would say uh, not only about darmesen of darmesen of course he's from uh, kahatagas tigilia so you know so he's they are all coming from villages outside of kalambo um, and you know he, uh, i don't you know in the so they they have a they have a good following in their own little communities again since you touched on the whole coaching of it and since obviously it's not the most accessible sport it's a sport that like you said they take up you know much later on in their life yeah. as opposed to other athletes uh is there anything you think that the sri lanka you know sri lanka can do uh, as a country for this sport like in terms of facilities or coaching uh, i mean i think that's the even i could say even the general tennis per se you could apply that you know again tennis is a very expensive sport in terms of even uh, in terms of space you know it's it's one of the it's it's a sport that requires a lot of space So, so it, it, it's it, and in if you take say land prices in Colombo to put up a tennis court over twenty five purchases yeah. for one court, mm-hmm. right? So I guess definitely a public drive, you know, from the whether it's the sports ministry or the association or the government that help is required. There is there is no way these sports can. I think again that. i think i'm talking on behalf of all sports yeah you know with sure. uh, whether it's putting i mean i i st- I, st- i think that we only have uh, proper run- two running tracks at the homagama stadium and at uh, sukadasa you know so how do we yeah. get athletes from outside of kalambu you know so there's again i don't think that's your question i can only relate to tennis alone but <laughs> whatever yeah, sport uh, you know maybe outside of cricket where you know actually cricket is a bit of a different story because they are self sufficient you know they, they can fund themselves you know because yeah, uh, yeah. but every other sport i think including rugby you know where rugby i would say is more of a transitional sport where they are not really too self sufficient to in a world stage but you know but they need the you know grounds and the training and all that also they need so i guess if i to answer your question definitely i think all sports need a very big push from the 
common and to be fair by the the new sports minister i think he as a former player himself a former sportsman himself i think he's got the correct people in the places and you know maybe he needs a little bit more time to implement certain things uh, you know he's even so talking about tennis he introduced a national uh, he the sports ministry funded the national high performance training program just last yeah. month so mm. which is conducting yeah. uh, training uh, high performance training for the national squad for free right wow. so which which uh, which uh, hasn't happened for a long long time yeah uh, in terms of tennis so i i think i think namal as a sports minister has got the the correct idea behind it how how does the implementation go how long he will be given so all these will come into play so true yeah, absolutely yeah. i think uh, we can commend all these wheelchair tennis players because like you said they've only seen a tennis court after the age of 18 and if they yeah. had much better facilities and much better uh, support and funding maybe we can yeah. even produce a world top, top 10 for that matter because i watched the wimbledon uh, wheelchair tennis finals i think the last few games and it's hard it is hard but i have seen our wheelchair tennis players uh, go head to head because in the morning when when i go for practice in the morning i see them at the down courts the, the down hard courts yeah. at slta for yeah. those who might be familiar with it uh, they practice at they they like go for it it's as if they are playing matches full time you know so uh, they they have to be commended for their effort and uh, like gang said you know they they need support and they need funding and any support will do and uh, if whoever was watching this if uh, you know if you would like to uh, lend a hand you know you can do so by contacting ganga as well uh, but uh, thanks to that ganga it's uh, i think that that opened my mind up a bit more you know in terms of wheelchair tennis because what i see is you know uh, players in wheelchairs the the former army the f- former ex ex soldiers you know going at it uh, at the tennis courts but there's so much more to it right and to be honest i didn't know that we had a, a world number 61 in in that in our country to be honest and yeah it, they need support and hopefully it will come soon yes but, and uh, just to add yeah. to that uh, kavinka like yeah. we have been spoiled for choice because of the uh, the army always providing the players coming know. through but whereas now we don't have a war so we don't have disabled soldiers anymore you know so we i mean we, of course that's that's a brilliant thing but so for this sport to really continue there has to be a a civilian drive you know where you know where people have like you know, maybe amputated through accident or so i think the awareness has to come through i think i think thank you for you guys bringing this topic to the uh, to the mainstream media if if i call it you know where where uh, i think a lot of uh, people don't actually know that this is out there and yeah. in in sri lanka i've seen uh, uh, compared to uk or europe if if you're in some sort of disability you don't have the opportunities at all you know like yes. uh, it it just i just remembered at my uh, university of course it was a indoor tennis court they used yeah. to play blind tennis right so yeah so it, it, it was incredible so we was we were supposed to be very quiet the ball mm. rattles so with yeah. to the rattle they will play play 
so wow. in, wow. in so yeah. the opportunities that and and you know the thing is like you can just it's like doing a google search and you know joining these things in those countries but whereas in in, in sri lanka i think a lot of i think it's the culture and the society you know we, we are not we are not very inclusive in that sense you know we we look down upon sometimes so then you know yeah. families don't want to bring their children out of you know so i think sure. a sport like tennis which is a, a global thing in its sense and if you look at the the success we've had and also the the stories of the other wheelchair top players i think that's a it, it can cause a lot of inspiration for any any differently able child or a, or a parent of a child like that to you know maybe engage in something like this rather than just keeping them at home yeah yeah absolutely and and if anyone is watching who is in a similar situation you know there's light at the end of the tunnel uh, you can try your hand at wheelchair yeah, sure. tennis maybe and you know who knows you might be uh the next darmesena the next supali i thank you so much for that gang we hope that everything comes together for the wheelchair tennis program and uh kudos to you on that you know such a great initiative uh but we will be seeing you in the next part part 2 where we we where we will be talking about the general tennis the, the global tennis stage and until part 2 see you and take care the grandstand podcast is delighted to announce our partnership with the sunday morning happiness magazine where you will be able to see this episode in the form of a written article every sunday when an episode is released during that particular week a link will be available on their instagram bio on at @happiness.themorning or you can purchase your paper at your local store so do check it out